the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. I have some guests with us today. This is Brian and Kyle from the band Shadow Legion. They're a fantastic new band. I guess you could call them a super group. I certainly have been. They have members from a number of fantastic bands currently and formerly. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today and I appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Hey, thanks for having us, James. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Uh, so I just always disclose this stuff. I have a bit of a personal stake here. I did do the PR for the album. Uh, and I'm going to say this in an unbiased way. It is fantastic. Uh, absolutely love what you guys have done. It's very unique. So thank you for putting out something that actually piques people's interest in a different way. Hey, thank you. That's that's hard to do, of course. Metal's been around for a long time. And there's a lot of different styles. We're just doing our thing. And uh, it's organically coming out this way. So we're we're happy to provide something unique and different uh, for the metal masses. Definitely. Uh, obviously, it's not going to appeal to everyone, but you're going to get some people that are really going to connect to it. And that's what you, I mean, that's what's most important, I guess, those diehard fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all you can ask for is everybody give it a chance. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's fine. That's cool. That's how music should be approached, you know, with an open mind. And uh, we've, you know, we've got a variety of things going on that are very different. And, uh, you know, it's it's cohesive i think um you have to listen to the entire body of work to really to, to get what we're doing because we are doing a lot within um within an album i think you'll agree yeah definitely you've covered a lot of ground across a lot of different genres and styles but i will agree with you completely it is cohesive it never feels sort of disjointed or false which i love about it yeah it's it, it's because it comes from an organic place you know we're not it's not contrived we're not trying to um prove anything do anything it's, we're just writing music it's just flowing through us creatively and the combination of the guys involved is really the magic you know um uh work with kyle me and kyle are like amazing songwriting partners here um he can take the the arrangements the musical arrangements he just you know dwells on it for a week comes back with an amazing arrangement of vocals and melody lines and aggression in the right places and and so much emotion and feeling coming through um with a re really unique you know style stylizing he has he's right here but uh, he uh has a an aggressive voice and some clean vocals as well but not but in a unique way his clean voice is very unique like it sounds like nobody mm -hmm. i've heard so it's it's very cool and the most important thing is it fits the arrangement it fits the music of shadow legion just just like a glove it's perfect Definitely. The the clean vocals are really what drew me in. I mean, all of it's great, but it, Brian's definitely correct that you have a very unusual uh, clean voice. And again, it won't be for everyone, but I personally love it. Um, I, it kind of reminds me, the closest thing I can think to compare it to is maybe early Arab Eltor, uh, the clean vocals from them that they had for a while. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, it, yeah, it's it's my first time uh, doing any kind of clean vocals. Um, it's It's honestly more difficult i think than doing the um the harsh screams of the growls but um it's been a fun challenge and uh i've, I've really liked what i've been able to uh 
pull out of myself basically um I, something i didn't know i was capable of so that's that's been a fun experiment uh in all of this who did you sort of draw inspiration from for that did you draw it from anyone in particular or was it kind of cobbled together from a lot of different artists you listen to i mean as as far as the clean influences go i was i was really listening to a lot of you know uh dio and uh obviously bruce dickinson um mm -hmm. or the penultimate uh clean vocalist just to sort of get their idea their style um you know the way they write uh i drew a lot from them and uh that was really my my, my two major influences as far as the clean vocals go yeah a couple good influences there yeah classics yes you can't really go wrong um i mean i i meant to do this earlier on but do you want to just tell people sort of what you both do in the band uh and then who isn't here tonight that we don't have with us okay so uh brian malone uh rhythm lead guitars uh kyle healy i'm the uh the vocalist um who's not here dan venturino is our bass player um he is he's a key element he's the one who he brought kyle you know when we when we were starting to jam sorry i'll get a little origin and i'll carry on um yeah. i had moved back from tampa florida i was down there for a couple decades and i moved back home to pittsburgh and and dan and i have been friends forever dan's like uh hey, we should jam. And I was taking a break for a while. And I said, yeah, that's actually interesting. It sounds good. Um, we'll jam. And he had kind of planted a seed like, um, yeah, I was thinking about maybe something with some some sort of clean vocals. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, because anything I do is going to be fast and have blast beats all over the place. I'm like, blast beats and clean vocals, that, that'd be pretty interesting. And um, we started working on some arrangements and stuff. And Dan, I want to introduce Kyle to the situation. And um, so that's Dan Venturito, the bass player. On the album, we had um, Alex Cohen. Um, at the time, we he was session. He he's in New York. He's an amazing drummer. Um, the guy writes books. He's like insane technical drummer who loves metal and he, he can play fast. Obviously, he can do what needs done. And we were thinking, all right, so we have this drummer who can do this, and and. Uh, we'll fly him in we'll do some shows as we can maybe hit some festivals and such but you know not you know with the limitations of everybody's schedule we weren't thinking we would just be doing a few shows a year and um also eric hersman who is currently in geigen um he was he was in the band and we he did some leads on the album which which are great and as we were jamming together hanging out we kind of figured out he has a geigen album due and all the ensuing touring that's going on with that, we had uh, come to the decision he's going to, with the logistical impossibilities, he's going to focus on Geigen. We're working in a local guy here who's turned out great, a fantastic musician. Announcement coming soon on that. And Dan, again, found another great member. Um, I always say miraculously because we're in Pittsburgh. When I left Pittsburgh before I moved to Tampa, there was like no musicians here. So I was saying, what's the chance of finding a drummer locally? who can pull this off and and dan did uh matt hoyer he's our permanent drummer henceforth he's a member of the band he and uh so there we go we're a local we have all local members so that gives us the ability to play many many more shows uh we look forward to that and to playing uh many festivals as well awesome great answer <laughs> covered all the bases uh so Obviously, between you, you have a, a ton of years of experience and you've been in some really big name bands. I mean, just to go through some of the previous bands you guys have been in, um, uh, Diabolic, uh, Ferran, Hate Eternal, uh, all huge names. And then 
obviously you had the member who's in Gagan and uh, Malignancy as well. So really cool to see so many people coming together, being in so many big bands to make something that's so different to everything else they've done before. Yes, that's what I was going to say. It's like, even though there's a list of bands there, um, nothing, there's influences, but we don't sound like anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, having done many years and extensive work with Diabolic, I have a style, of course, and the style may come through uh, the song side, but I think I've never written anything as good as what I'm doing now. This is absolutely the um, the the best I've ever, it's the best musical project I've ever been a part of um uh, musically personnel wise these are the greatest guys total pros <clears throat> excuse me and uh the important things everybody's feeling every note of the music i can't wait we are booking shows we're starting to book shows now um we have announcements coming soon on that and i just can't wait to take this live it's going to be ferocious um it's like as good as the music is and the production and how good it sounds and heavy on the album um this music's meant to be you know uh absorbed live and you know ripping faces off and all that fun stuff awesome i, I have a question in that aspect because you obviously cover like quite a, a different range of sounds and styles what sort of bands are you looking to, to like play sets with is it going to be more extreme metal or like clean vocal heavy metal stuff or a mix of both or i think it depends on the package i've been part of touring packages that were very eccentric as far as every band was different electric wizard diabolic um macabre and enslaved and it was huh. that was obviously an experiment to see if all genres would come out and uh it was awesome it was great and it was obviously great to see all those bands play live on tour um whatever would fit i would think that we could play with a a thrash unit a power metal unit uh, extreme death and black metal um i'm okay with all of it because i like most everything what do you think Kyle? um I think that's one of the advantages to sort of our unique sound is we have a lot of options and mm -hmm. who we can play with, uh, who would want to play with us. You know, may maybe it's, you know, a, a black metal group and they're like, Hey, we really like your, your harsh vocals. Why don't you play a show with us? And we can say, sure. Or, you know, maybe it is more operatic power metal group. And they're like, Hey, we really like your clean vocals. Hop on a show with us. And we can say yes to that. Um, so it it's just nice to have like that. Again, that that's one of our favorite things about this project is, uh, the openness to experimentation and creativity we can mesh and blend with all different genres and in a way make ourselves more accessible to everybody yeah that's what i was going to say i feel that the the quality of the music and the professionalism and the um i know how we sound live because i rehearse here so i can't wait for other people to see that i think we have the ability to win over a lot of fans uh from from all the the genres listed because we cover it in a in a good way in a different way and it's it's hard to explain and time and of course we'll see time will tell but i've heard many people who said um yeah i'm an extreme metal guy i don't like clean vocals but i like what you're doing you know it's mm. it's it, it works so you know it's it's going to be exciting to see and i agree with kyle that we can play with a lot of different bands and uh complement the, the package of the show and also you know uh, the fans can enjoy what we do the band that comes to mind for, uh, when you say all this stuff is uh you do you remember that band woodsy ypres yeah 
they had a very similar sort of thing where they had the black metal vocals and then the clean and they managed to play both worlds as well and it seemed to really work for them so hopefully you guys had the same level of success which would be awesome that would definitely be great for sure excellent so uh personally the two of you what are your musical influences like going back when you started playing music what kind of inspired you to get into the sort of underground extreme metal stuff um i remember i for me it was um i saw it was a monomarth goat whore lazarus ad and skeleton witch and skeleton witch i had i had never heard of before this was probably i want to say 2010 2011 ish and i remember skeleton witch came out and they didn't introduce themselves they just started playing and i was like oh yeah these guys are fast they're threat like they're heavy and uh they finished their first song and uh I was like, okay, here's the part where they introduce themselves so I can know who they are. And uh, their singer, Chance, just goes, this song is about Satan. And I, I threw my hands up and walked away. And my buddy was like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to the merch booth to buy everything these guys own. And like, <laughs> that's sort of like all I want. I just want people to hear it and be like, oh, like, regardless, just be like, this is interesting. I, I mm -hmm. want, you know, that that's kind of like all I want to bring to the table is leave people feeling that you know this is something unique and they can enjoy at least some aspect of it and for me i go back a little further obviously the classics sabbath priest maiden um that's you know not into the extreme to answer your question but great 70s stuff the jethro tall all that good stuff but right. uh, as far as the extreme stuff sepultura deicide legion got me good death back in the day um, I'm a huge King Diamond Merciful Fate fan. Um, they're extreme in their own way. And then, uh, you know, I was just listening to Rigor Mortis, and that was just amazing guitar work. That dude's flying as fast as can be. Yep. Um, so that, that stuff's way back. Uh, you asked about the introduction, and then there's so many bands along the way that are just, just fucking great. Um, too many to list. Yeah, yeah that's that pretty much when I'm just trying to think back. What would I listen to first back then? And that, that's pretty much it. I was going to say, I think like the the first band that really got me into metal, because I, I was listening to classic rock in high school, and I I completely skipped, you know, the punk phase. I feel like a lot of people go through like the punk transition into heavy metal, but uh, I found The Sword, and I, I saw them in the, the basement of the First Unitarian Church in Philly. That was nice. my first real metal concert and like people were passing around blunts and 40s and i was like i want to do this forever <laughs> <laughs> that was a they were a really good live band i saw them back in like i want to say it was like 2010 or 11 or something like that but they had a good live it was like them um, with um uh, man, orange goblin and that was a lot yeah of fun. yeah that um yeah i first saw the sort of it was that age of winners tour like when they were like at first started coming out and uh mm -hmm. Yeah, Orange Goblin too. They're another great band. Um, I, I saw them at my first. They were at my first Maryland Death Fest back in I want to say it was two thousand nine, and uh, they were the whole oh, reason nice. I went. I was like, I got. I'm never gonna get a chance to see them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty loud live. It's awesome. It goes heavy. Um, oh there yeah. Was a, there was that phase back then where they were like all these awesome like high energy bands in that sort of style coming out. It was like uh, the Sword, Orange Goblin. Um, there was also Red Fang uh mastodon was really big at the time too it's like that that massive sort of stoner sludge sort of movement it was, it was great yeah yeah now it's more of uh you definitely see uh black metals the the big sort of genre at the time i feel it's blowing up for sure yeah 
And then, I mean, depends who you talk to. I'm, I'm not a fan of it personally, but modern tech death is a huge following of that stuff. I, I can't stand it. Like, I like the older stuff. Like, I like early decapitated necrophagus. That's how bit tech death. But, you know, like Archspire and, um, I don't know, uh, Fallujah and all that stuff that people love nowadays, that's massive. But I, I just find it way too overproduced and kind of boring. Yeah, every, everybody's approaches things differently. For, a lot of things for me are mood-driven, like... You know, if you're at the gym, I'll listen to Chrissy and, and that'll get me going. And uh, other times I'll be listening to 70s rock. And uh, a lot of it depends on mood. Definitely. 100%. My my vinyl collection is such a weird mix of like, like you said, so, so much 70s rock and funk. And then like uh, extreme metal on the other side. Well, that's the great thing about that is, you know, when you're pulling from all these influences, you get to make some really unique stuff, especially when you, uh, I don't know, if, have you listened to the band Elder at all? Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, um, I, I really enjoyed uh, them over the years, but um, uh, their guitarist, Nick, had put out this it's experimental project uh, during COVID called Delving that is just, it's it's all instrumental, there's no vocals, and it's just really interesting. And that's that's some of the stuff I find myself listening to, like, you know, I'm on a long car ride by myself, and, you know, it's, it's just nice to, you know, pull from different influences. I'll throw on some funk sometimes mm -hmm. when i'm in the car you know excellent <laughs> love that funk it's an underappreciated oh, yeah. genre in my opinion but my dad uh when i was growing up he, he would always play steely dan so like i had a really early appreciation for like jazz and funk and stuff with really groovy bass lines <laughs> yeah i, oh, I nice. find i speak to this often it's like the bass players in the 70s were just fantastic yeah. and for some reason in the early 80s except for steve harris um they went to the michael anthony and Judas Priest, even Ian Hill was like in the 70s, he's ripping, but he just went back. I don't know if the producers kind of took over and said, just lay back on it or what, but it certainly changed. The other big change I always like uh, notice when I listen to music from the 60s versus 70s is the the shift from uh, like electric organ to uh, synth. Mm -hmm. Massively changed the vibe of the songs, but both great, just very different. Yeah, that's awesome. You're talking like Uriah Heap style. Yes. Yeah, or like uh, even like the animals. If you like listen back to that, or like some of the door stuff, like the really oh oh yeah, like waiting for the sun, the waiting yeah. for the sun with the moog, so heavy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so local scene wise, my co-host asked me to ask you these two questions. Firstly, uh, what are some venues that you guys like to hit up to either see bands or play at in your local area? Um. It's a little hard right now. Uh, we had a lot of uh, venues change ownership, a lot closed down over COVID. Um, you know, we lost institutions like Howlers and, uh, you know, the Rex Theater. But we have some new venues that popped up that we're, we're excited to look into possibly playing at. Um, you've got the Roxy and Theater has been a really popular spot right now for shows. Uh, uh, the Preserving Team at uh, Preserving Underground, uh, you know, their concert venue is pretty popular. Uh, you have Spirit Hall is another local one that usually draws fairly large crowds. And then you have other places like uh, Thunderbird. Thunderbird Cafe is another one. Uh, yeah, I saw Sepultura play there. That's a nice venue. Yeah. Uh, a couple nice. buddies of mine have a small little do-it-yourself venue that they start off called the Shred Shed. Uh, we were hoping to play a show with uh, there here in the near future, but we have to see. Yeah, though Pittsburgh is actually, like when I left Pittsburgh, the scene was very hurting. There was not much here. Hence my move to Tampa, Florida uh, when I was 21. And um, 
well, it's a great scene now. There's like there's a lot of metalheads here. There's a lot of appreciation for it. Um, the big bands coming through sell out, and it's it's that's always been the case. But the local, uh, the smaller scene wasn't there so much, but it's here now. So we're excited about that. And Pittsburgh is one city. We are uh, booking out of town shows. We're going to play the vicinity. Um, got some shows going through here, and then we're going to start hitting the big markets. You know, um, and then we'll see what opportunities come. You know, beyond that, as far as uh, any touring, you know, uh, obviously festivals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Pittsburgh is a cool place. Uh, I'm glad to be back home. And there's a, a pretty decent scene here. It's, it's going to be exciting to see all the heads come out. Awesome. Well, the second question you had actually ties into this as well. So what are some local bands from Pittsburgh that people wouldn't have heard of that we should be checking out? I'm actually wearing a shirt right now for a band known as uh, Vicious Blade. Um People may have heard of them. Uh, their vocalist Clarissa is also in another band called Castrator, um, but they're they're thrashy, they're loud, they're fast, they're awesome. You should definitely be checking out Vicious Blade if you're not already. Uh, you mentioned an affinity for uh, '70s, and uh, you know we talked a little about Uriah Heep. You might want to look into Sweat. Uh, okay. They've got synth keys, um, more old school rock and roll if that's sort of what you're looking for. Yeah, old Sweat, as in S W E A T. Yeah, that's right. Okay, sweet. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm writing all uh, this down. So, an old school stalwart of of metal, of, of old school death metal, Sapinos. Uh, they're a staple. It's been here forever. Uh, okay, great band. Uh, there's a artist I actually just only discovered a couple of days ago. It's a it's a one person group, uh, Genital Shame. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I I, I really like what they're doing. There's Genital Shame. Genital Shame. Yeah. It's a great name. It is. Um, I just found them. Yeah, nothing else these... is on this festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Black Man. It's an interesting, uh, interesting album art as well. It's like <laughs> really interesting album art. It's like a person looking in the mirror doing their hair. It's like a Black Metal logo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you remember that guy that had all the controversy? Uh, was it Fortunate Son or something? He, all of his album covers were... Um, him on vacation just a, a guy standing in front of like scenery and there's a black metal logo over it and people got really mad about it no i can't say but that i actually i kind of like that i like that tongue-in-cheek sort of humor with the black metal scene yeah yeah it, it does take itself a little seriously sometimes which uh sometimes i appreciate and sometimes i'm like come on like have a sense of humor it's yeah i mean if abbas can laugh at himself i think we can laugh at, at black metal a little bit that's all right it's a it's i was in a black metal band for five years and uh i i really enjoyed playing it i like the genre a lot um but you know don't take yourself too seriously have fun with it still and that's really i think what we wanted to do when we started doing this we we just wanted to have fun we wanted to do what we want we didn't want to get really boxed in yep that's good i mean this this re- the reasons for doing something it's different for each person but i think if you're making something because you enjoy making it and you find enjoyment in it, I think that's a really big part of, of its success. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Business is business. You got to take care of it. But um, when it comes to the creative force of this band, um, yeah, we take it seriously, but we love it. We love every note we love, you know, I'm excited about every riff, every arrangement, you know, every vocal line, every drum fill. It's like, yeah. It, uh, excited doesn't begin to describe where I'm at with this. And you know, I was in a uh, a band for a long time, 
and the grind was happening. And I know what it feels like when that excitement dissipates. And I don't anticipate that at all with with, with this group of guys and and this this fun project. It's not a fun project. This is a band. This fun um, musical force that we have going on here. It, it's awesome. That's great. And that's the type of thing that's going to carry across to live performances, that chemistry. 100%. Yeah, this is going to be... <laughs> I keep saying the word ferocious just comes to mind. I, I can't wait to hit the stage with this and, and such an outpouring of energy from us. And then it comes back to the fans and they, they give it back and you give it back. And it's just this exponential uh, uh, ball of energy flying around. And it's just, there's just nothing like it. Fantastic. If you ever hit up the West coast, let me know. Cause I will be at the show. Yeah, we definitely plan on it. And uh, we're, we, we're going to support the album. You know, we, we plan on, getting out and getting to work and, and hitting every every market. You know, uh, this is just the beginning. Fantastic. Is, is Well, that's a good question. I mean, is uh, is there more planned album-wise? Do you have other stuff in the works or is it just on pause while you promote this one right now? Well, we just released this. Um, that being said, there's already a, a stack of arrangements that we're going to start working on. Um, awesome. we're, in live, we're in live performance mode right now and uh, we're focusing on that. But music never stops flowing. Uh, we're, we're recording arrangements. We have a lot of ideas. Yes, there's absolutely going to be a second, third, playing on fourth, fifth, tenth album. You know, I just don't see this slowing down. Uh, Especially with us finding our local lineup now, we definitely want to see what the other guys bring to the table as well as in terms of writing. Definitely. There's a good chemistry. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very interesting. Love to hear it. Uh, I'm going to ask you another Pittsburgh question. This one's a little different. Uh, what food should we get if we visit your city? Like, what do you recommend? What's a local dish? What's a local spot? So I'm not a big foodie. I kind of just eat to sustain energy. Okay. Um, though there are some great wings here. Uh, I think Kyle's more of a foodie. He can answer that a little bit better to me. Oh, man. If it's one thing my wife and I like to do, it's go out and eat. Um Everybody will tell you you got to go to Permanis. Don't go to Permanis. <laughs> I might get some hate for that, but uh, there's there's better places for you to go. And uh, you got Carson Street Deli if you want a good, really really good sandwich, and they got a nice uh, beer selection as well. Uh, right. Piper's Pub is another uh, great place. Um, English food, uh, pub style food. So if you like nice. fish and chips, um, that's your place. Um, Totopo is probably my favorite if you're looking for more of a, a Mexican cuisine. Um, probably go there at least once a month. What's your favorite pizza place? Jeez, oh, favorite pizza. I like this place called Caliente's. It's pretty good. Caliente's good. Yeah, they got good wings too. Good pizza and wings there. Does uh, Pittsburgh yeah. have its own pizza style, or is it use one of the other cities? Nah, <laughs> I don't think so. We yeah. do have this one place that people seem to really enjoy called Beto's, and they. Uh, they do the cold cheese on top of the pizza, which oh. uh, I, I don't mess with that. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds not... too weird for me. Never Reminds me of Lunchables. Um, so you said beer. What's uh, what are some good local beers? Go ahead. Um, uh, well, let's see. So um, there's there's so many like uh, since I've gone and come back, uh, there's like so many breweries have kicked up, and this craft beer thing is just uh, awesome. But mm -hmm. I'm a uh, I'm drawn to sours, so they they aren't quite as popular here in Pittsburgh yet. But you got Abjuration Brewery is usually where I like to go get my sour fix, as well as a uh, Inner Groove. Uh, Inner Groove has a, a tap room in Verona, and they just opened one in Allentown, which is like 
10 minutes from my house, which is great. Um, McKee's Rocks is where Abjuration is. Um, let's see, there's always, um, oh, uh, Strange Roots is another good one. Uh, mm -hmm. That's in Millvale, which is right near another local venue. So that's a good place to hit up before a show at Mr. Small's Theater. I, uh, I'm absolutely ridiculously spoiled in San Diego. It's like, I think San Diego County has like 230 something breweries just in the county limits. How many which... have you hit so far? <laughs> like, <laughs> probably like 20, I would say, honestly. It's just, uh, you, got work you to find do. the ones you like, you find the ones you like, and you kind of just end up going back there. Uh, see, I'm at the point where I'm trying to like find new ones to go to. My uh, my wife's parents, they you know every weekend they'll go try a new brewery. I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting and fun. It is a good hobby. My my wife unfortunately doesn't drink too much beer, so it's like with her, she's not really into that so much. But there's there's a lot of good stuff down here. Yeah, my my wife's fortunate. She does like to drink occasionally. I'm sober almost ten years now, so I'm a good oh. DD, good designated driver. Thanks. Well, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's uh, just my thing. But thankfully, these breweries I reference are starting to brew really tasty, non-alcoholic beers. So I think I went six years without the taste of a beer. And then uh, this Heineken come out. And I was like, whoa, this tastes like a Heineken. I think because I'm so far removed, it might not taste like a Heineken. But for me, it's just great. So I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, one of my close friends drinks the non-alcoholic stuff. And he says it's, you can't really tell the difference. He, he loves it. Yeah, especially with the IPA stuff, because I kind of missed out on all that when I quit drinking. Like, all of a sudden, there's a surge of breweries. I'm like, ah, oh, I missed out on all this good beer, because I love beer. And, uh, yeah, I'm so thankful. I'm just grateful. Life's great, man. That's awesome. So we'll move slightly away from food for a second. Um, back to music for a little bit. What, uh, what are you guys listening to at the moment? Like, what's uh, what's catching your ear? I'm still digging deep. I, I've, I listen to, like, old stuff I haven't listened to forever, like... Uh, I just listened to Anthrax, Among the Living, classic. Nice. The Rigor Mortis I mentioned was great. Um, lots of Rainbow lately. I've been doing the deep dive on Rainbow. Fantastic. Nice. All With all the vocalists, all, all three of them were just great. Um, the first three I'm re referencing. Um, you know. I've been falling back into a thrash uh, thrash trend. I find myself putting on like Toxic Holocaust Radio on Spotify nice. and listen to a lot of nuclear assault hell ripper um flotsam and jetsam shows up every once in a while <laughs> um but yeah um been listening to a lot of the older stuff lately you know fall back on the the classics you know iron maiden judas priest um yeah did you happen to see the uh the dio documentary no i, I haven't seen that i did we went to the movie theater and saw that yeah, it was Me fantastic too. It's so good. It's honestly yeah. one of the best like uh, biopics I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I agree. I never got to see him live, so I'll have to watch that. Uh, if you have any of the streaming services, I think it's on Showtime. That's the only one I know that it's on for sure. Okay, but definitely worth the watch. Uh, they really like it was. They really painted a really, uh, I guess, broad picture of who he was as a person uh, inside the music and outside the music, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was completely well done and fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there was a few tears shed in the cinema that day. I know that. Yeah, that end, especially at the ending there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife didn't actually know who he was going into it. And uh, she left saying like, wow, I, he's like, seems like a really cool person. I was like, yeah, see, even people who don't know his music appreciate him after seeing that. 
on the music questions, if you could play live with any band, uh, like support any band or open with any band or headline with any bands, who would you like to play with? Well, I have a little nostalgia because I toured with Amon Amarth and Behemoth and Cannibal Corpse. Uh, so those were great times. Uh, Destroyer 666 from Australia. Um, I'm smiling because they're just legendary uh, activities on that tour. It was just ridiculous. Um, so that's nostalgia talking. Um, boy, there's so many good bands. You know, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, I, we've always talked about uh, our our goal is to try and get on like the festival circuits, um, mm-hmm. which is honestly what I, I'd like seeing new bands. My my favorite thing is going to a festival and leaving with you know five new bands that I've just discovered. And so honestly, that's why I'd, I'd like to play with people I've never heard of before. Um, but. We, we joked about like the one band that could really get us out on a tour but if we had the opportunity. It, it's got to be made. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, there's levels of wish list, and that's that's the top. Yeah. Um, yeah, Maiden Priest, of course. Um, it, it was fun. Also, we uh, I had done the tour with, with Demi Borgir. I actually think nice. that would be a good fit. That would actually be a good fit with uh, Shadow Legion. So, you know, listen, one never knows. Um, we will see. Uh, of course, can't not mention Morbid Angel. Uh, just nice. saw them a couple months ago. They're fantastic. And also I've toured with them, too. So there's there's a lot of, of things like that. And there's a lot of new bands, too, that would be really interesting. I'd um, love to play with Spirit World, I think. Yeah. I, I just got into them. I don't know if you checked out that Death Western album of theirs. That's... Uh... Oh yeah, uh, I haven't actually listened to it. My friend played it for me. Um, it's the one with the cowboy album cover, right? Yeah, that's it. No, I haven't actually listened to it yet. I've been meaning to. It's on my list. That's a fun one. Check that out. I heard the previous one, but not that one. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out. That's that album is fantastic. Like the uh, demonic cowboy thing. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like red. It's like red dead. Red dead redemption. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> super cool. What did you think of the most recent um, Maiden album? No, not the live one, the uh, the actual album. Senjutsu. Yeah. So when, when I answer this question, people say stuff like that. I'm just so grateful that these guys are still pumping out music. Because I found even with, with prior albums, at first you're like, wow, this is okay. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to it again. It's like, yeah, wow. Now nah, shit, I love this too. You know, this is great. These guys are awesome. So even if it takes a few listens at first, I mean, there's some amazing songs on that album. So I think it was well done. It was, I read an article and this is, this had to be fucking tough for them. Like they recorded that during COVID and then put it in a vault and couldn't talk about it. Couldn't play nothing. They were just waiting for COVID to get over. And as like some, as a guy is like, we have all this music, we got to get it out there. You want to, you want everybody to enjoy it as soon as possible. Um, that had to like be that'd be so difficult to do that, and they're so professional um, that they're able to handle that. So to answer your question, I love the album. I think it's great, and I'm super grateful these guys are are still kicking it. You have any opinion on it? Yeah, I, I liked it too. Um, it, it was one of those ones that took me a couple listens, but you know, mm-hmm. a month after release, it's you know I'm listening to it the whole way through, singing along to yeah. every song. Yeah, it, it's they're, they're just gods. It's a grower. Uh, my yeah. only, I, I like the album. My only complaint, and this isn't like 
that's just because I love his voice so much. I just felt like his voice, should, uh, Bruce's voice should have been a little higher in the mix. That was, that's the only complaint I really have. I just thought it was a little bit, compared to their previous albums, too low. Well, that's, that's a compliment to Bruce, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think he's one of the greatest vocalists of all time. I'm, <laughs> I love hearing his voice. Yeah, he can sing the phone book. Definitely. Yeah, there's a few of those dudes, like uh, old school dudes, like Dio as well. It's just phenomenal. That guy's voice was unreal. Yeah, it was great. We saw Bruce. He did the spoken word tour. And we saw it in Pittsburgh, and uh, we liked it so much. We went to Cleveland, uh, my wife and I, to see it again. And we realized that you can ask him questions. And uh, my wife requested he sing um, "Tears of the Dragon." Just, it, it was just he sang a bit of it. She's bawling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so cool, man. <laughs> it was so cool. Uh, just phenomenal. That's awesome. I didn't know he did that. So he just went around like just him on stage and he read just, things and sang things and talked to the audience he, and stuff. He just talked to the audience, told his story, had some, a few pictures behind him. Um, and uh, at the end, inevitably, there was a question answer and inevitably somebody asked him to sing something. Uh, and we saw he sang a bit of uh, writing on the wall. And then nice. the second time it was, uh, yeah, Tears of the Dragon. That's awesome. That'd be very cool. So I only have a couple more questions for you. Um, the next one is a little bit of a put you on the spot type thing. Uh, it's going to be if you were stuck on a desert island with nothing but a solar powered discman and three CDs to listen to on repeat until you got rescued, what would you want those to be? You have to give us a minute here to think. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Take as much time as you need. Man, that's it's like at this moment. Also, what are you listening to? And then what do you have to have forever? Good question. Yeah, you mentioned tough. Rainbow. Oh yeah, I say Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, the first one. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do. Um, oh man, why am I blanking on the name here? Uh, rising, probably Rainbow Rising. Rising, great. Uh, That's nice. one each. I'm gonna do Somewhere in Time, Iron Maiden, for my second. I'm probably gonna have to go with Elder, uh, their Lore album. Um, nice. that opening track, Compendium. Like, I don't know how you can listen to that and not just get completely stoked. My third is easy. It's my all-time favorite album. Merciful Fate, Don't Break the Oath. Nice. Great album. I'm going to have to go with Slayer's uh, Show No Mercy album. That was the first metal album I actually bought for myself. Well, all good choices. Great stuff. That's a good selection. Good question. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I ask everyone that comes on the show that because I, it's just interesting to see people's thought process. And then it's crazy. Some people like just in three seconds just go boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. They're like, yeah, it's easy. I, this, this is all I listen to. So, um, yeah, some people take some more time to think about it. Uh, so before we wrap up, I've got I've got one more for you. This is a little bit of a uh, two-parter. It's about, I guess, the direction of the music industry and sort of the modern trends that we're seeing in it. Um, what do you think about AI and music? Do you think it's a threat to artists or do you think people are overreacting? Um, I don't think much about it because I don't pay too much attention to the scene. I do my thing and stay a little reclusive. Maybe mm -hmm. Kyle has a more interesting opinion on that. I'm not necessarily opposed to it. Um, as, I mean, you know, you have one man, pro one man, one woman projects um, who, you know, they obviously can't play every instrument all at once. You know, we even when we were first demoing our music, we engineered uh, drum tracks for mm -hmm. it. So I'm, as far as uh, from a building standpoint, I I don't see any um, reason not to use it. I actually, uh, when I was in college, I had to interview uh, an illustrator, Drew Struzan. I don't know if you 
are familiar with his work. He did the Back to the Future posters. He did all the Star Wars movie posters. Oh, cool. Um, I had to. I asked him about using uh, source. The eth- it was an ethics class using the ethics of using a source photography for an illustration. And uh, he, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, "Is an uneducated fool who doesn't utilize every tool available to them." to make their craft better. Do I expect Harrison Ford to sit for me for an entire six hours while I draw a picture of him? No, I need a photograph to do so. And so in that way, I, I feel like uh, there's nothing wrong with using AI. Yeah, I have no judgment how anybody creates their art. Absolutely. Um, I just want to clarify one thing about uh, Kyle reference to drum tracks is um, there's people say, when we're writing, we, are, we have beats in mind to go with the riff. And I'm only bringing this up because I have an old-ass school drum machine, and I'm literally blasting manually with my fingers at you know 250 beats per minute trying to get this <laughs> captured so a real drummer can take it to the level uh, just to really get the ideas out of our head. And uh, so, yeah, that's hilarious. It wasn't programmed drums in the writing process. I'm, I'm literally trying to manually do this shit with my fingers. I should switch to some AI system just to say, hey, okay, put a put a blast, triplet blast speed at 300 beats per minute right here. It'd be so much fucking easier. I just got to figure it out, I suppose. Oh, no, you're yeah. pretty good with those drums. Yeah, yeah so I get the uh, so one, one finger blast going. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. So I think AI as a tool is fantastic but i think when ai replaces the actual person making the music then it becomes an issue yeah um, i want to speak to that like i i see something about backing tracks live and, and things like i don't care what bands do you guys do what you got to do to put on the best show you can um our band is very organic and natural we're not going to have backing tracks um we don't plan on it we never know what the future will bring uh, but we don't have a need for it we can uh, pull this off live um naturally and there's nothing against bands that don't do that this is just the path we're going that's a very fair answer um what else is more meaning is there's actually sony and google are now making a label that's going to buy the voice rights from artists and then digitally create songs using their voice without an artist even involved in the creative process which i think this that's where i think it gets really murky about what's art and what isn't because if a, a human isn't even involved in making that is it actually art yeah that bothers me i don't want to hear you know, a brand new Tupac album or a brand new Dio album. Right. And that's that's where it's heading. Yeah, that's a little little strange. They, they uh, made like but... a, a new a new Frank Sinatra song that was like layered with hip hop, just using the AI to generate from his voice because they had the rights to it. Like, you know, stuff like that's kind of, it's, it's great area, in my opinion. <laughs> I'll have to do some more reading about that. That's that's where it gets a little. Yeah, it's interesting. Sex I did it AI way, I suppose. <laughs> that was good. All right. Excellent. <laughs> and then the other question, the two, the second part, I guess, um, is how do you guys like to consume music? Do you are you a streamer or do you like physical media or what? What do you prefer? Um, I like to stream, but I also have a, a modest record collection. Uh, it's, it's not huge, a uh, couple shelves. Um, but if you know, if I if I really like something, I you know, I like to try and support the artist as best I can. Yeah, same here. I I stream. Um, I have a ton of CDs around here somewhere packed away. Uh, it's just convenient. Uh, but mm-hmm. same answer as Kyle. Um, you know, yeah, I want to I hear the new emulation. I'm going to go to the emulation website and support them directly. Um, it's That's the way you support bands these days. 
uh, streams are great. We want everybody to hear and enjoy it. But hey, if somebody wants to really, really support, we, we have a store on the website and everybody's welcome to go there. We totally appreciate it. And we, we act the same way. Like I said, it's like I can go and just Google immolation t-shirt and there's 10 million places you can get one. But I make sure I go to the website to, to make sure that they're getting the most the most bang for that buck. Great. So, you know, that. creates opportunities that helps them survive so they can create more music, so they can tour more, so we can see them, so we can enjoy them more. So uh, it's very important. Uh, the support factor is very important for all bands. 100% agree. And uh, the other thing is people don't think about this. I was, I was talking to a label owner today and he raised this point is if a label signs a band and that, that label doesn't sell copies of their album, they're not going to re-sign them in the future. Um, so buying directly from the label that a band is on is a really good way to actually help their career because that way they're going to get re-signed, they're going to do another deal for the next album, and and those labels are going to want to keep working with those artists. Absolutely. And the, the resurgence of vinyl is just phenomenal. It's great. I mean, that's what we grew up on, and it went away for a while. Now the vinyl's just it's just back. People got record players and everything. It's It's awesome. So, yeah. Buy from the record labels, buy from the bands direct, uh, support them, buy their merch. It just keeps them in business. You know, if you like a band, you want to keep hearing music, man, you had to do it, everybody. Definitely. And we do it. We, we're fans too, you know. We're in a band, but we're we're fans of metal. We're lifers, man. So um, I don't even want to tally up how much money we spent on, on our metal lifestyle. So uh, it's great, though. It's great. I, I always notice that metal is like kind of a genre that the fans and musician crossover is more than most genres you see. Uh, there's so many people you talk to who love metal, but are also making metal. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's a, it's a great thing. Okay, well, that kind of wraps it up. I, I want one last question for you. Um, if people want to buy your CD, buy merchandise, follow you on social media, what are the best places to do all of that? Uh, we have Facebook and Instagram page. Our website is the best place um, to get news and our merch store is on there. That is www.shadowlegionmusic.com. Shadowlegionmusic.com. Um, and then, of course, like I said, Facebook, message us, ask questions, whatever anybody wants. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you both taking the time. It was great, uh, great chatting with you. Thanks for having us, James. Yeah, it was great talking with you. Yeah, you too. And for everyone listening at home, thanks for tuning in. Uh, come back next week with another guest for you.